Three, two, one. Here we go. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. He goes by Joe from the Carolinas. He has a YouTube channel, and he's uh, been covering and investigating what he calls the AB paranormal, and he can explain that, but, uh, and really following some very interesting characters in the paranormal slash paranormal slash ufology field a couple guys by the name of david wilcock and Corey good who we'll talk about and maybe cover some other um other characters as well but uh, joe are you there i am here awesome. it's nice thanks. to be with you william yeah, thanks for uh thanks for agreeing to the interview so i've spent the last couple of days going through uh your archives on your youtube channel joe from the carolinas and just kind of covering some of these Interesting things, and something actually popped up yesterday, which we can cover as well, which is this To the Stars Academy by um, DeYoung from Blink-182. This whole um, saga is also taking place, and uh, we can talk about that. But uh, for people who haven't heard your name, Joe from the Carolinas, can you tell me or tell us a little bit about your background? Sure thing. So I got into this whole coming out and sharing my mind with people and YouTube um, just kind of working out in the fields as an organic micro farmer and doing sustainability stuff and and uh, also being kind of a full-time critical thinker you know I got so many letters after my name I forgot them all <laughs> and, and so I started watching this program cosmic disclosure and it started uh, it kind of started me off on rekindling my interest in the abnormal the paranormal and just this brief normal and I just mash them all together and I'm saying the ab paranormal. And what I'm really doing here is I'm really trying to look at the mysteries, the ab paranormal with reason, logic, and common sense. I want to believe in some of these things. At one point in my life, I did without any proof or evidence at all. And now I'm reexamining everything. And so on the Joe from the Carolinas YouTube channel, uh, as well as the ab paranormal podcast on Spreaker.com, I'm really going back to these foundations and looking at evidence and examining things in a very stepwise, methodical, and, and somewhat fair way. I try to be very mindful of bias. Right on. How long have you been podcasting for? Uh, I've been podcasting since 2013. I did my own uh, permaculture, permanent agriculture-based gardening radio broadcast, and then I kind of uh, pivoted. Uh, back in 2017 and kind of changed gears. Gotcha. I yeah. mean, so you're, are you kind of one of those back to the uh, organic farming type for part of that movement, would you say? Uh, I was raised in this way. Gotcha. So I, you know, I always tell people I can't help it because I was born this way. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of raised this way. Gotcha. And, uh, and so it's kind of all I've ever known, but but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that's a, a big part of my life and I'm always about efficiency right on so tell us a little bit about these characters david wilcock and Corey good for people who haven't heard their names and what they're part of can you uh give a provide a little background sure okay so david wilcock has been on the new age scene uh for several years decades and he originally came into the kind of public light this guy david wilcock by just being a very introspective thoughtful person um, being interested in advancing consciousness and tapping into what's called the higher self whatever in the heck that is 
And over the course of time, he runs some kind of Divine Cosmos blog, I believe. Over time, he's gotten a lot more publicity and attention, and he's been interviewing many people that folks out there might not be familiar with but are really into more ufology, UFOs and the paranormal and kind of fringy conspiracy theory stuff. And Wilcock most recently has been the writer and uh, I think he's a producer and actor on a program broadcast by Gaia TV that's called Cosmic Disclosure. Gotcha. And so that's Wilcock's story. And I think he's also got another show in there called Divine Teachings or Wisdom Teachings or something. Gotcha. So he he's comes out of the New Age, but the New Age has somehow morphed into the UFOs as well. I mean, I guess... I don't know if that was always a part of the kind of new age kind of teeth, you know, outlook, but it's odd that that's now kind of melded together. It is. Um, do, you, do you remember that cult that was going around a while ago, the Heaven's Gate cult? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like this merging of like new age thinking and mentalities with here comes our ticket out of here. Right. Right. The, was it Marshall Applewhite? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and there was the Hale Bob, Bob Comet. There was a space spaceship behind the comet or whatever right he was either behind or within or, or something, something like it's craziness yeah but see that my that that's my interest in this because i feel that as people that notice these problems that notice how cults can get started and get out of hand i mean we're talking about real people's lives that are making choices that are not only harmful to themselves but also harmful to people around them their families their friends and so I, I think there's a line here where it's good for people to want to be inquisitive and be creative in their thinking. But if that's left unchecked, if there's not a kind of, okay, hang on a second, let's reevaluate kind of moment, things can definitely spiral out of control fairly quickly. And then we get into cult activity and the UFOs and the aliens are going to save us. Yeah, interesting. Wow, yeah. So it's uh, there's, there's definitely a, like a sinister aspect to – some of these teachings and how these guys are in. I mean, I, I, I haven't been following the Wilcock good story in great detail, but there was a contact in the desert thing that happened out in California where these guys were at a fairly well-attended uh, convention, you know, kind of spouting their ideas to the UFO community, right? I mean, have you, and I actually just saw recently looking through your videos too, there was another one out here, in Los Angeles that they both were attending that was yeah. this kind of melding of ufology um these indigo people just a whole hodgepodge of new age kind of ideas out here what was the name of that that convention the one in LA I, I believe that one was called Disclosure Fest Disclosure Fest <laughs> yeah so now it's just gonna, now the the real godfather of disclosure was was Greer right that guy. yeah yeah, so, he started the whole thing back in, uh, I believe it was the year 2000 with his National Press Club. Uh, he had like 20 or 30 some people who, you know, were willing to testify before Congress talking about moon bases and, and different interactions between the U.S. government and other governments and alien, uh, alien species or unknown craft. It's pretty, pretty trippy stuff. And he did, he did a documentary too, Greer. Greer did a, a, a pretty gosh darn serious documentary. It was called yeah, Serious with an Eye. <laughs> right. But Serious with, you know, this, the serious star is, is, has an occult 
uh, provenance of my understanding. Sirius is the dog star, and you know, there's supposedly information that comes from Sirius. I think it's the star, supposedly. That, yeah, the star that the Masons worship is Sirius. Really? Yeah, so that's the dog star. Yeah, it's really crazy that he would bring that up. And one an interesting thing about Greer is what I remember is the intro to his documentary, which didn't really, you know, none of that information really stuck with me. I, I think he's uh, questionable. But the intro yeah. shows a lightning bolt hitting a tree, which is a hardcore Luciferian symbol, not there by mistake. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer uses the same type of display or symbol on the intro to all of his films. Um, mm. He's a huge producer. So, yeah, so look at that again. And then in the intro, they're showing um, Greer in this kind of gesture or pose, which is the same as Rodin's The Thinker. And it's pretty crazy that he would actually kind of send that nonverbal signal. Yeah, so Greer. That's interesting. Yeah. No, there's something heavy-duty about Greer, too, man. That's uh, very suspicious. And the intro, well, you know what? he was on Joe Rogan, too. I mean, he's been around, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen him on Joe Rogan. Um, the interesting thing about Greer is even by his own report, he, he tells people that he allegedly had dinner with the director of the Central Intelligence Agency or somebody high up during the Bill Clinton administration. So way back. Like, yeah, so yeah, so it, even if people really like Stephen Greer and all that, it's like, and I know there's many people that are big fans, um, you know, short for fanatic out right, there, right. but it's it's like, yeah, we might want to think about this yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, there's some head scratching stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, things that make you go, hmm. hmm. Right, and so then that brings us to Corey Good, who uh, supposedly is the prophet slash messenger slash spokesperson for a species of aliens called the blue avians or the sphere yes, the, the sphere being alliance right that's right it's uh, it's a commercialized um extraterrestrial group so they're you know i think they, they're working on their corporate charter um <laughs> but yeah it's the blue avians and um he is part of this whole sphere being alliance thing. Now, of course, the way that Corey Good folks ties into all this is Corey Good is on the show uh, Cosmic Disclosure with David Wilcock. So the the format of the program is David Wilcock is asking Corey Good, the insiders insider, all these questions, and Corey Good claims that not only is he in contact with these blue avians or blue chickens. But he also claims that he has been part of a secret space program that – and he's been there for 60 years. Even though he's not 60 years old, they have time and age regression. And he talks about all these just fantastical stories and – in my personal opinion, ridiculous made-up nonsense that in looking at what he says with the story of he gets taken out in the middle of the night – he goes out to all these far-off star systems in the secret space program fleet and meets all these aliens and negotiates on planet Earth's behalf. Yeah, it's And I'm thinking to myself, listen, you don't come up here with any evidence at all. Shouldn't you maybe like go through a Senate Intelligence Committee briefing or something? Why are you coming out on Gaia TV, Mr. Ambassador? Uh, well, have we vetted it, you yet? <laughs> right, good point. Well, it's also a contradiction with his uh, overt statement that it's, it's secret. So he's right. supposedly in a <laughs> secret, but I can tell you guys everything. 
Don't worry. Right, exactly. So it's like, oh, <laughs> well, that's another. So, but yeah, so they're on Gaia, and Gaia has its own kind of strange background too. It was, you know, uh, you, I think it started out as kind of a yoga channel, and sure it, they must have moved towards where people's interest was, which is ancient aliens and UFOs, and get li- to get listeners is my my uh, guess. Absolutely. And they, they were even manufacturing yoga mats and yoga blocks and all kinds of, you know, all kinds of actual physical goods. And I'm not sure if they still manufacture those or not, but they changed the name from Gaiam with an M at the end to Gaia, which, of course, we know Gaia is a reference to a, a physical organic living Earth. Right? right. Wow. I didn't know that. So they were Gaiam at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so that's really new. That's heavy-duty New Age stuff, yeah. Yeah. As a living organism, yeah. Wow, <laughs> so so have you been watching all of these cosmic disclosure shows, and, and what uh, what's the format? Yeah, I've watched uh, all of them. I'm not caught up on some of the more recent ones with Emery Smith, although I pretty much have his number, too. Gotcha. Who's Emery Smith? So maybe we can tell the the listeners who Emery Smith is. Emery Smith is a man who's come out recently claiming uh, that he's another insider, and he claims that he worked at Sandia National Labs out, out west there, and he was involved in performing dissections on hundreds if not thousands of alien body pieces that were recovered by the U.S. government, and he also claims to have interacted with various craft that were of extraterrestrial origin and doing all kinds of unusual um, kind of communication exercises with the craft, and, and they're biologically based, and it's just very strange stuff. Wow, interesting. Yeah, and then there's this underground allegedly an underground train system that runs all the way from, I think it's like Washington, D.C., to Sandia National Labs, where there's all these underground bases, and he claims that he was kind of along this thing. He took this, uh, I guess, on his way to work. I, you know, did he stop at Starbucks on the way? Do they have Starbucks down in the Maybe, in maybe the they have the Starbucks system? down there. They've got them everywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, And with Corey Good telling us that the only way those guys ate when they were out there for 60 years in space through food replicators, which happens to be a Star Trek reference, you never know. Maybe you can get a double latte on the way out to Sirius. Yeah, who knows? Wow, so these are these are pretty whopper allegations by these two guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that Good is saying that he's been in a program for 60 years, and he's, what, 45 or 50 or something like that? Something so, like that. I mean, you're into, like, Andrew Bassaggio territory, too, who's another person who supposedly took an elevator t- with Obama to Mars and fought fought dinosaurs, right? That's right. An interesting thing on Andrew Bishago, uh, well, all these guys claim that you can actually breathe on the planet Mars. That's you know, But the, the interesting thing about Bishago is that he's an attorney. Right. Yeah. No, right. It's strange. Listening to that guy is really bizarre because he, yeah. he has like this, the way that he talks, it sounds like he really is believing what he's telling you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really remarkable. Like that guy, oof. but I remember seeing him. There's an, there's another new age connection with that guy because I saw him with this lady who channels the the god Ramtha. Have you ever heard of that lady? No. Yeah. So he, I think he actually got his start working for her, and uh, her name. Let me see if I can remember what her name is. Ramtha. Ramtha. Jay Z Knight. 
Oh, Jay-Z yeah. Knight is a new age teacher, and she, she has this spirit of Ramtha do it. And, and Basaggio was either working for her or giving talks with her. Very, very remarkable. Interesting. In the chat room here on the live chat, uh, somebody says uh, Jay-Z Knight is Judith Zara Knight. Yeah. Thank you, Mike Michael Mayette. I think she's involved in the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, maybe not, but I, I think I've heard that name associated with MUFON, which is interesting. So she wrote a book, UFOs and the Nature of Reality, Understanding Alien Consciousness and Interdimensional Mind. So it's interesting that she's part of this whole UFO kind of thing. But yeah, so Basaggio, good. Wilcock. And I mean, these guys are, there's a financial element to their... Their shtick, isn't that true? Oh, big time. Um, I mean, it, it costs, I believe, it's like ten dollars a month to even access the the video portion of the of the shows that they do on Gaia, and you know, a lot of the conferences they charge quite a bit of money to get in, and then there's that multi level. Well, if you wanna, if you want this extra, you know, uh, session with David Wilcock or Corey Good, it's gonna be you know forty dollars extra to get into this one, and then we'll, you're gonna learn more, and then you're gonna learn more. Interesting. And wow. yeah, and Anna, you know, they've got a comic book out now for Cosmic Disclosure. They call it Comic Disclosure, which that's a joke. Wow. You know how much that comic book costs? The first printing that's autographed? Two hundred and twenty two dollars, you know, and I'm like <laughs> Wow. That's why? that's Bless a thousand percent thousand percent profit. Holy smokes. Yeah. Costs. Why two twenty two? Oh, good question. Right? Well, I'm looking at Where? their contact in the desert for twenty that's happening next year, 2019. Single ticket, 300 bucks. Whoa! Like, yeah, that's that's steep, man. Holy Unbelievable. Smoke. Forty workshops, intensives, above majestic with Corey Good films. So they've got a film coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, another have, marketing campaign. You know, I follow and have been friends with a guy named Randy Moggins. Do you ever hear of him? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Off Planet Radio. Yeah, yeah, so he he um has been following this too, and he I think he reported that Corey Good's followers paid like eight thousand bucks to move him to Boulder, Colorado. Did you hear that? Oh my gosh, that's still going on. Is, is did that happen? Oh no, uh, I I know that he moved to Boulder. I didn't know okay. that his followers paid that much. I know yeah. that Corey Good himself came out on an interview with uh, one of these New Age people saying that they his followers apparently rented him and his family a house for a full year that was when he was down in texas so i guess the pattern continues yeah, eight grand eight geez man that's that's Ooh. probably a good uh some intense you know moving i guess <laughs> yeah that, so. sounds wow. like somebody that's got to stay on the run for a reason though doesn't it yeah oh, yeah that's very <laughs> yeah i mean maybe he had to leave i think he was from texas if i remember maybe he had to get out of the state who knows yeah, well, um, I know that he had a he had a restraining order um, on on matter of public record with one of his former employers, and he had only worked for them for like a couple months. It's kind of a strange story um, with that, and so I guess I guess things kind of caught up with him or something. You never know. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because it was after that whole fiasco at his job that he became he came out as. Having been con, you know, a my labs contactee yeah. slash blue avian sphere being alliance, and they've invented he well they've supposedly Wilcock and Good have there's a secret group of enemies too right this there's a <laughs> nebulous vague dark alliance that is frustrating the pan the, their plans right 
Oh, yeah. Like any good screenplay writer, David Wilcock comes up with this whole play the victim after he's away for a while. He kind of disappears. You know, he plays his disappearing game. And then anything that's happened over the, the three months he was gone, it just plays into his little story. And, and what what that is is apparently he alleges there was some dark alliance that was trying to take his life and trying to make things difficult. But the the alliance, the, uh, the alliance that's behind him and, and Corey Good, the insiders insider – he it's like the alliance and the dark alliance were at war and the reason i think this was developed is because some of Corey good's track record started coming out on the internet on some forums that he was a part of specifically project avalon dot hmm. dot net and project avalon dot net has a thread that's it's called the truth about Corey good and it it illustrates time and date stamped all of Corey Good's posts, and uh, while he was a member there, this was after he was laid off from from Darling, and you can see the progression of him being exposed, like all the threads that he browsed on and the topics. Magically, most of those little topics within ufology and aliens and stuff that all magically got incorporated into his own personal cosmic disclosure storyline. Interesting. Yeah. So somebody traced the provenance of a lot of these ideas, then, huh? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Because alleged, allegedly, he was also trying to reach out to some actual people that that aren't trying to make money off of it, but you know they they've had experiences they can't explain, and they were there to just kind of share that. And so uh, apparently, at one point, the allegation is that he was actually reaching out to them and trying to contact them in private now i don't know if that's true or not hmm. however i have it on good suspicion that if somebody engages in that kind of thing in the past what are they engaging in now to keep the story going right interesting right. i mean well that's that's an, you make an interesting point because there's a, a couple things like how are these guys agreeing and all these other people log rolling for each other and how did Wilcock and Good insert themselves into this whole ufology of people who, in the you know, seem to be more credible than them? You know, people who are actually, you know, semi-legit. But I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I think that uh, you know, some of there's there's people within the ufology world who've been doing it for decades, and then these guys show up. You know, it, it's interesting um, how that actually happens. I remember that. When David Wilcock first came on the scene, he he was associated with uh, Project Camelot. Now, that was uh, a, a project of Bill Ryan and Carrie Cassidy. And so with Project Camelot, they would go around and they would interview a lot of these folks that were having these experiences and just get them on camera. There's some really good interviews that, that back in the day, that was the only way really to see these people and, and hear their storylines. And this was pre-Corey Good. Well, David Wilcock was part of that whole experience while they were – I believe he was living in California at the time. And so he's a very humble guy, in, insightful, introspective, and then for whatever reason, he kind of took off on his own path, started writing a lot of books, audio books, probably made a mint off of it. Um, he's got this whole – sorry, I'm getting Skype calls from That's other okay. people. That's all right. Um, so the uh, – he he's basically gone around and established himself, I think, as almost like a guru type, 
where anybody who questions him is is labeled a hater. Oh, I see. Right? So, right. so he's above criticism? Uh, apparently. You know, <laughs> you know and... Uh, and so, so somehow he got established with Gaia, and then that's where he's been sort of focused out of that as well as his blog. Let's see. Interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, – I mean, And incidentally, uh, this is actually breaking news right now. I've, I've just first heard about this through this broadcast, and I want to thank uh, Chris at Den of Lore for this. Um, Wilcock apparently resigned from Gaia. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. So that's that's an interesting event. He so he's resigned from Gaia, and then yesterday you there was an announcement from the to the stars thing from uh, Tom DeLonge. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it was really a lackluster event. They said, "Oh, this huge event," and the the to the stars uh, academy of arts and sciences. This they're going to build a UFO and they're going to build telepathic technology and brain computer interfaces. They said the big thing yesterday on World UFO Day was that they were now accepting investments from people living in Arizona, Texas, and New Jersey. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, so, I was thinking maybe we get a new UFO video, but nope. No, all it is, and so they're going to get a minimum investment of two hundred bucks for this kind of uh, group that hasn't produced squat to my knowledge they haven't really done anything yet and they've gotten their what is it their financial back or whatever approval for those states you know you got to go through each state to get these the certain type of investors to be allowed but it looks like on their website it's 2500 investors so much so far so do the math 200 times 2500 but um, yeah it's like it's over 500k. Yeah, so and, and uh, that's just and that's just if each investor only put in two hundred. Assume right. That's a good, right. good point. So, um, you know, there's just so much going on with them. They have an so this to the academy is going to do aerospace science and entertainment. So they have what and they put out. I think DeLong has put out two books. One with Peter Lavenda, if I remember correct. He did. That was uh, Secret Machines. Secret Machines. Did you read that? I read uh, the first chapter and then couldn't handle it. <laughs> it's, it's fiction, right? Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. How is this reality disclosure? Right. It's interesting. So you put they put out an entertainment fiction book written by Peter Lavenda, most likely the author of, of the Necronomicon, um, who is a longtime occultist. And, I mean, my... I can tell you stories about Lavenda. Don't get me started. Hmm. But, um, I have a, but yeah, I've got. I mean, well, well, that's your area. I mean, right, I, right. I know. I I heard something about he was part of some church in was it New York that didn't actually have any parishioners. Right. So there's this weird church that uh, it's the Traveling Friars or something like that. That it's kind of like a pseudo Christian church. I think that he's a part of that. Uh, that goes back to some people were members of it in the. The, I think it was uh, in the John F. Kennedy assassination. There was this weird crew grouping around. But Lavenda has, I'm pretty sure he's an OTO member. He's a part of Crowley's OTO. And he was uh, associated and worked at an occult bookstore in New York called The Magical Child with this guy called Creepy Herman Slater, who was a stone-cold magician, you know. And mm. uh, so his, he goes way back. So those that series that Lavenda's written... Um, those three books are come from his personal experience as an occultist, man. So it's, it's oh, a heavy geez. duty. Oh, wow. So, 
yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story off. When we get done with this, I'll tell you a story. But anyway, so Lavenda's working with Tom DeLong. Did you see the picture of DeLong, Lavenda, and um, what's his name? Uh, what what's the who was Hillary's chief of staff for the uh, campaign? Oh, Podesta. Podesta, yeah. Did you see Podesta, Lavenda, and DeLong? No, I'm going to try to pull it up. Pull it up. It's an incredible <laughs> picture. They're sitting there smiling and joking. And I think the other guy was one of the ghostwriters for one of the two the Stars Academy books. So Interesting. Yeah. And this is getting creepy, man. Hey, man, I'm telling you, there's an occult underlying here. That's kind of what, what I'm, I'm learning. And uh, that's what we're eliciting from our discussion is I'm looking at, you know, the next thing. Lavenda is attending this next um you know, disclosure in the desert, you know? Yeah. He, he's yeah. And you, gosh, gosh only knows what goes on at, at those plains. I mean, I heard this last contact in the desert that was in early June. They actually, I, a rumor, but I've heard that they asked people to sign non-disclosure agreements. So it's hard to even get video, even on YouTube, of really what was going on out there, what was said, what wasn't said. Wow, that's remarkable. And I mean, these guys, George Norrie's attending. You've got coast-to-coast people. I mean, mm-hmm. incredible. It's Whitley Strieber, disclosed the the original communion writer, who yeah. is all was also when he in the late sixties, early seventies, he was hanging out with people from the Process Church of Final Judgment. You know, I mean, really, yeah. Oh, Strieber's got a, quite a background. I mean, it's, huh. it's really something else. And there may be a very good chance that uh, there's a really good book by Jason Horsley called Prisoner of Infinity, where he talks about Strieber. And about trauma and disassociation. That Strieber mm-hmm. comes out of the the fiction world, and communion is supposed to be real. But there's some real issues about like all the people he's supposedly talking to, and Strieber drifts off into basically new age spirit communication and all this stuff that it's very odd, you know. Huh? You know what? I, I it just kind of hit me just now as I was I was hearing the associations that you were making. You know, I wonder if it's possible. That people on on some kind of I don't know spiritual level or what what have you, I wonder if it's possible to identify folks that might be more susceptible to mind control or behavioral control or conditioning, and so some of these movements being set up and then headed by some of these folks that are deep into this kind of ridiculous stuff that, that they take seriously. It's like, are they using people and recruiting people by saying, oh, it's the aliens talking to me, when in actuality it's another force altogether? Right. I mean, great if there point. were aliens, where the heck are the aliens? Well, if we're going to have just, right? Well, that's a great point. I mean, to the Stars Academy, on its, on its like front page has a picture of a debunked the Atacama alien skeleton that already has been debunked, right? Yeah, that gets absolutely. Debunked. It's a fake, and so they're promoting it as it's real, right in front of my face, right now, and that's really at their front. If you go to to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, it's right there. So they're promoting this kind of fraud, and what are these people doing? So if these, if the physical evidence is all fraudulent, what else is going on, right? Exactly. I'm, yeah, I mean, if I've read the actual recent study that came out doing the um, the actual DNA analysis of that the Atacama skeleton. Uh-huh. And one of the two the stars members, Dr. Gary Nolan at Stanford University, as well as many of his other associates, and Emory Smith is on that paper as well. The 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 guy in the underground uh, bases and the the ET butcher, and and so 
Right. What what they basically said was that this was a a human. This is a human being. This is a fetus that grew up in a heavily copper mined area in the Atacama Desert in Chile. And because of the environment and some other things, it had a number of very rare mutations that had 14 or 16 different mutations, and that's why it looked the way that it did. Interesting. You know, and, and they're out there touting it. Even Emory Smith on one of his interviews said, well, you know, I'm not going to say that there were eggs around, but, you know, it kind of looks like a bird. Wow. See, I've heard that that was cobbled together through cat parts, parts of uh, different animals to make it ah. humanoid. And I, I mean, there's a story that I've been told that somebody's research had to just be scrapped because it was it was totally debunked by a third party. That, mm. Yeah. So, but it goes to your point: what's going on at these groups, and what's going on with these people, and what are they doing behind the curtain? Right? How many That's of those right. people are members of an occult? How many are Freemasons? How many are in the OTO? How many are members of the Process Church? And what are they doing? Are they farming for? People to suckers to pay them two hundred bucks. Are they farming for people to join them in their escapades? You know what is going on? I mean, those are big questions because these are and and what's what's the long term? Is this the thing where disclosure morphs into arrival? Or I mean, I think they're talking about stuff like that where disclosure morphs into the beings. You know, like oh now that's we, right. We're in communication with beings. Strievers flat out saying he's in communication with beings. They actually shoved something up his his butt. You know that was right. the, the providence. I mean, which is which <laughs> is is laughable. It's a it's fun. It can be funny, but it also has a darker element to it. You know, There's, it's scary. Yeah. It is scary. So if he's like uh, dissociating and having these weird, you know, stories, and and <clears throat> so here's another question I have for you: yeah. What are Clyde Lewis and Jimmy Church? Guys who run fairly sizable audience, you know, radio. I mean, I think Clyde Lewis is huge. What are they doing, you know, uh, interviewing these people like as if their stories are legit? I think that what what they're doing. I'm not as familiar with Lewis. I'm I'm more familiar with Church. Before I stop listening to him, he. I think that what they're doing is they are trying to control the narrative that they are. Essentially, re now that Art Bell died and some of the other big ones are kind of, I, I want to say, they're kind of losing steam, uh, like George Snorri and and those people. You're you have these kinds of biased, partisan interviewers, and they almost have zero questions about credibility, evidence. Why is it that we should believe you kinds of questions? And instead, it's like, let's just encourage the story. Let's just be, let's just be interesting and understand. And so I, I think they're trying to make it appeal to younger viewers and listeners so that it looks cool, it looks hip, it, and they're, they're t- turning this thing into something that they're now calling the event. Have you heard about no, that? No, what's that? Oh, my gosh. The event is... Apparently, groups are forming all over these United States and around the world. They're getting ready for the event. They don't know when it's going to be. What is the event? Well, they don't know specifically what that is either. They can't explain it in interesting terms, but it goes a little something like this. The the energy from the galactic center in Sagittarius is going to impact the Earth, and it's going to cause a momentous ascension change experience. 
and the positive beings from inside the earth are going to meet on the surface of the earth along with the extraterrestrials from space and planet earth is going to be a battleground for this ascension wow, now, now that's their own story interesting and didn't didn't you didn't you get somebody who recorded the disclosure fest just this last couple months stating or heard um, Will Cox state that this Ascension event, he gave a specific date that it would happen in 10 years? That's correct. So uh, one of the YouTubers, Positive Momentum, uh, out there was live streaming that day at Disclosure Fest, went right up to Wilcock, and he was going to ask him to debate one of the uh, uh, folks that have been very skeptical of David Wilcock since 2015 openly on YouTube, a guy by the name of C.W. Chanter. Right. And so Positive Momentum goes up to him and he says – uh, hey, David, when's Ascension happening? And just without a beat, Wilcock was like, 10 years. Wow. I mean, that's like, yeah. I was just talking with somebody today about Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke that fits this kind of same narrative of the arrival um, and, and, you know, man's Ascension and all this stuff. So they've yeah. got, there's definitely an overlap of, of some science fiction towards, you know, their narratives. It's it's really something else. And you're right, though. I think that the, the comparison to... Uh, Marshall Applewhite is it's important because I think that there's there could be some real elements of abuse here by a lot of these guys and, and it's interesting that the, this event is so vague and you know there's no defined elements to it other than Wilcox saying it's happening in 10 years but it reminds me of the DeLong interview on Joe Rogan where he just like got to a point he said I can't talk about that I can't <laughs> you know I can't say it. that was the strangest interview and I when I was talking to some other people they surmised that he paid. They might have paid Rogan to be on the show to access his audience, because that was one of the strangest and kind of odd outliers of all the Rogan shows. And, they, and when they were on there too, like Rogan's like, they're showing a UFO, and Rogan's like, that's a frisbee, you know? <laughs> or like, like he couldn't, he couldn't convince Rogan that these, you know, sketchy, pair, you know, uh, pictures and stuff like that. Are, were, were UFOs, and then the, the show, and I think it was a very short show, for Rogan it was a short show, it was about an hour and a half, and then he's like, well, there's that, he just really couldn't, <laughs> couldn't kind of get on board with the To The Stars Academy, what were your thoughts about that DeLong um, interview? Oh, I, I think that it was part of a media marketing campaign that To The Stars Academy was doing around that time. That's, of course, why we why I believe we saw a lot of articles um, in the New York Times and other big-time newspapers about this whole UFO interaction with the, the, the government in 2004, the uh, gimbal video and the Nimitz event. But I thought as far as his interview with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, number 1029 – I really thought that things were going to go a different way, and he was actually going to give us some specifics. And unfortunately, he decided that the way he was going to prove that these craft exist and they can actually build one was by going to YouTube, of all places, and pulling up just random videos, not even vetted, not even on the To The Stars YouTube page, just random people of these triangular black triangular craft which i think personally are military you know military craft classified and he's he's pulling them up and we're like we've already debunked that video dude <laughs> right i mean it was like also very amateurish for somebody who wants to raise that much money and has this kind of all-star cast of characters were supposedly on board with him 
it was pretty remarkable. I, I thought that he would have been a much more polished than do that. Oh, yeah, and there was night and day between his experience on Joe Rogan versus the whole scripted unveiling, the initial offering, I guess you could say, of To the Stars back in October. Right. My goodness gracious. So he had that whole press conference, and they were making announcements, right? That That's what you're talking about? Yes, it was a press conference um, that was in California, I believe, but there were actually no press there, and there was no audience there. <laughs> a, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, when you apply reason, logic, and common sense to almost every character within this, you know, uh, this genre, it's like there's real problems, man. I mean, all, they're yeah. cultists, they're loop, loopy, they're new agers, they don't have a lot of evidence. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, but one of the reasons I never really got deep into ufology. Five, ten, fifty. Is I would start reading. These guys are just making stuff up. I mean, this whole ancient aliens is just a joke. These people mm-hmm. have all this. I saw this one where the clearly it's two dimensional. Somebody made up the pictures of aliens are fake. Um, really, one of the most remarkable things that I've ever seen is Crowley's uh, communication with the demon spirit lamb. You know, back in 1918, where he drew that clearly and memorialized it from 1918 pre you know this communion style aliens the same that cruelly draw 1918 so um mm, I find wow. that, yeah have you ever seen the lamb the lamb picture no yeah, i'm you, kind of afraid oh no i have i remember that yeah yeah, it's yeah pretty i sure scary, have but uh it's remarkable that that so is and if you want to trace all these people back to crowley that they they believe they're communicating with the same type of beings crowley communicated then you're into not aliens, but interdimensional entity type stuff. So, which yep. I mean, so anyway, that, that's why I never got into ufology is the real lack of evidence and, you know, uh, real reason, a lot of vagaries and a lot of uh, dissembling. And, oh, yeah, you know, you know, I was in my labs. I got no proof. I just believe what I say, right? That's right. And, you know, I, I what I think, William, I think that these people that are so. I guess you could say out in the public light in the way that they are and they're so propped up, it really discredits and like you said, an entire field where people are you're you're just average person that's interested in is trying to figure out what is the truth? What right. what's going on here? You know, and, and I always say it's like I wanna believe, but these people just make it so gosh darn difficult to believe because there's no there's no logic here. Right. And the other thing is that just because we are critical or skeptical of some of these claims and we're we're drawing links to past events, that doesn't mean that people that believe in this stuff are wrong or evil or terrible people or, or interested in personal growth. You know, but you got to have some watchmen on the wall here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very strange. Have you ever thought that maybe... This and then I've read there's a documentary about that that there's actually kind of an intelligence or military intelligence putting out disinformation through the UFO community to obstruct actual real investigation into what the military is doing. Have you ever heard of that? Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And there's yeah. a do- have you seen that documentary that they actually it was called yeah, sorry. Mirage Men. Mirage Men. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever have you ever got that? I mean, in your inquiry into um this groups have you ever got the idea that that's actually real i well i believe that it is um i think that if you look at stories and how they've changed and how they've recycled we're we're right back to 
spreading information that that is very fantastical. There's no evidence for it. But if one were to design a behavioral experiment to see how can we get people to move, how can we control people's behavior based on a belief system, which is what mind control is. Right. Mind control, you know, it's not a joystick driving somebody around. It's no, it's it's affecting their reality. Right. Yeah, you know, if you can control the choices somebody makes, you don't need to control them like a joystick. No, it's and, worse. It's worse. I mean, it's yeah. more effective. There's no, there's no palpable physical control. It's just, it's, it's just all in your mind. Yeah. That's right. And and if you look at the uh, the the documents that we still have available from MK Ultra from the seventies that weren't destroyed, I mean, they come right out and say that, that a couple, uh, I believe, it was nineteen-year-old girls, they decided to you know, surreptitiously give them multiple personality disorder. They were giving people LSD back then in colleges, Georgetown University being one of them. And they just informed in the 1980s, they just informed Georgetown, oh, by the way, you know, we were testing all these things at your college without anyone's awareness, including the students and the subjects there. So I think if we look at that and we look at how classified information gets out to the public, how long did it take for us to learn that the Guberman was flying around stealth fighters and stealth bombers? And those were all UFO reports 30 years? 30 years, yeah, a long time. You know? Yeah. So so what's to say that there's not an, a, a, a parallel program going on with behavioral technology? And the, disinf- the disinformation, well, disinformation is false news with a malicious intent. So where is it that some of these possible plants, if you will, intelligence operative plants, where are they guiding people and why? Good questions. Very good questions. Where are they guiding people? What are they, are they guiding them down just a, a cul-de-sac that they never can get out of? I mean, is that it? Yeah, I think that, I think that it's like this rabbit hole. And once they guide people down this kind of rabbit hole where we actually just need to take it on faith, that, that that these these people or these aliens or dimensional be once they we we take it on faith that they exist and we don't need proof right. that the truth is very subjective it's what I feel then you get into that whole weird thing where oh this person is far more enlightened than you possibly could be so you need to learn from that person they're going to educate you on how to be you. And that's where it gets wow. scary for that me. That is scary. That that's really terrifying. You know how you how know? the these the the images of these people can be changed by this group, and it gets scary when you see people experienced, you know, uh, magicians and things like that, like Lavenda in there. You're in a diff- different territory. My studies into the occult, mind control is the handmaiden of Satanists. It's all about mind. A lot of like that Satanism isn't just the acts, but it's the ability. To make change in people without really them keying into that. There's always all these hardcore mind control. If you look at Damien Eccles, Hitler, Crowley, they're getting into people's minds and making them, you know, change them to really a lot of it submission to the individual will of the magician. So, yeah, yeah, no, there's, it's really a very strong trait of hardcore initiates. Huh. Yeah, well, that gives me. Yeah, that gives somebody in the chat room wanted me to ask you about uh, if you have any comments on psychological operations and Aquino or Aquino and Temple right. of Set. Well, that's an that's a great that's a fantastic question because 
the Aquino and this this guy who's on the media around his name is Laffley or Lavelle La, I can't remember his last name, but they wrote from Psyop to Mind War, the future of psychological operations. Have you ever heard of that handbook? No. No, no, you got to read this. It's incredible because they, uh, Aquino, and this is another example of what I just said, that, that mind control is the handmaiden of high-end occultists like Aquino, but this book was written, I think, 30 years ago, Psyop to Mind War. Okay. I'm looking it up. So it's a literal, you know, moving on to the next... Moving on to the next level, where it's Paul Valelli, who um, was around during the Bush administration, and Aquino was around, but that was uh, from 19, uh, 1980, I think, was when they did it. But uh, wow. Aquino was the head of the 7th Psychological Operations Group. But the whole gist of that tract is really just going from just doing psychological operations, but making war on the minds of people. It's incredible. Mm. So, and he ref, uh, Aquino references the search for the Manchurian candidate. He references, uh, you know, and then they, and one of his famous axioms is, is in mind where in mind war there is no substitute for victory. So that, and that's like a wow, very, yeah, and that's actually comes out of the book of the law of success is thy proof. You know, like that mm-hmm. success is your you're supposed to win at all costs. That was something that Hitler said too. So. Oh, gee, um, and there was an occult thing with the 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 Hitler thing too, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, if you yeah. read some of my books, if you read, um, well, you can read Children of the Beast because I liken Hitler to Crowley. They had very similar, almost carbon copy outlook. Um, and and uh, Crowley famously said, and this is a this is a play on a biblical statement. He said, "Before Hitler, I was." You know, and that's, oh, that's what Christ Christ told the Sanhedrin, he said, or the Pharisees. I can't remember, but he said, "Before Abraham, I was." You know, so um, yeah. Oh no, no Hitler. Hitler knew a lot of stuff. He read a lot of. It's known that he read a lot of Freud's psychological psychology of crowds. That book by Freud. So he, uh-huh. he, he was using these mind control techniques all the time. Wow. And, you know, creating fake enemies you know everybody else was the real enemy except for him who was really the real evil monster you know but he always said that you know the jews and the bolsheviks and blah 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 so um uh-huh. so yeah um yeah i do you know aquino from sci up to mind where i would recommend you take a look at that it's not too long but definitely they're talking about af- atmospheric electromagnetic stuff ionization of the air elf waves just incredible mm. so um but yeah. yeah, there's some technologies too. I mean, there are technologies. I mean, if, if if we in mainstream science and mainstream medicine have access to a functional magnetic resonance imager, right? right? We can we can look at somebody's brain functioning and their brain waves and all the different neurons firing in real time. Right. What do they have in classified behavioral Incredible control? Incredible right? stuff, dude. They've got all kinds of drugs. They've got all kinds of Sound. I mean, they actually do. They can roll out these sound weapons to uh, nullify, neutralize crowds, right? They have, they oh, yeah. shoot sound waves at them. So I know people who have worked on sound waves to actually cause physical effects, you know, to actually break walls and stuff like that. Sound, powerful Jeez. sound waves. So those exist. And the, the declaration of uh, Trump saying that we're going to have a space uh you know a space-based part of the military that's like 30 years old man they've been doing stuff yeah. in space for decades bro 
So exactly. Um, there's a so there there's an element of this whole core, you know, good, Bassagio, all these Wilcock, these characters that they're just distracting people from really other stuff that's very important. Absolutely. Whether they're doing it's... it willfully, whether they have handlers, but I kind of feel in a lot of these groups, and if you look back into the '60s too, like. Leary was being puppeteered. A lot of these guys, even in in the anti-war movement, they're being puppeteered by intelligence guys, guys from oh. the shadow. So there may be within these groups, the disclosure groups, the contact in the desert, they may be being puppeteered. And then the process is just recycled and repackaged to make it more, you know, palpable by modern standards. <clears throat> I agree. But then if you throw in the occult angle, you know, these guys are uh making it more easy for people to be in contact with evil spirits you know if you want to look at kind of that kind of angle i think that that's that's plausible as well sure i mean if if we get to the point where these these event groups or whoever they're getting contact with extraterrestrials and the guru or whoever is saying well no no that's the you know that's the green amphibians or whatever they're from you know Zant, zantar or whatever. Yeah, right. you know it, it's like well how do they know that Right. You, you yeah. know? Yeah. Where, where are they getting the script? You know, I don't know. Right. You know, or are they writing their script? Are they doing I don't know. You know, I do think that there, there's, there's just something very super sketchy about a lot of those people in, this, in these groups, even including DeLong, DeYoung, DeLong and LaVenda and uh, Podesta. I mean, those Podesta emails are just incredible, man. So, oh, yeah. Freaky, off, too. Dude, off the charts. I've got a map who likes a handkerchief. You know, these are all code words, pedophile code words, things that were never investigated. You know, the and you spirit know, it's, it's yeah, spirit cooking. I mean, you wonder, it's like ha, uh, your average person couldn't get away with that. No. Even by mistake. <clears throat> no way. No, these guys have have legal coverage. You know, they're not being prosecuted. I think that, um, what was the guy's name? Alephantis sent an email to somebody even before the whole story broke. And said, you know, we know we can get selective, you know, we won't get prosecuted. So they had the lock-in through the system before even those emails were leaked, you know. They knew. Mm. So, I mean, it's corrupt. There's a lot, and it's really dark, really dark. So, Absolutely. I mean, you don't know, like you said, you don't know what happens behind the scenes. You don't know what happens behind the scenes in the contact in the desert. Who, how many, you know, different um, curtains do you go through before you know you're then you're really in an occult level? I, I kind of got the feeling that there's an occult aspect behind a lot of this stuff. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the the question that that I keep coming back to, just from a reasonable standpoint, is with all of these claims being made by people saying that they're representing you know planet Earth and they're speaking for everyone. Yeah, that's kind of dangerous. But the question that I come back to is who are you without your story right. it's like there's there's no background given about any of these people it's a good point you yeah. know we start an interview it's like tell us a little bit about yourself no they, they start they start a, a show or a, a a speech and it's like okay so we've got these aliens that we're trying to contact and all you need to do is is really just listen to me i'm like huh right how, how many of these guys show their cv you know does Corey Good? Does Wilcock? Do they have a college degree? What have they been doing? Not you know? by choice. I mean, <laughs> some enterprising researchers online have figured it out. Gotcha. When Corey Good, uh, when Corey Good first came down on the scene, there was uh, an interview I think that he had done with uh, Bill Ryan at ProjectAvalon.net, and during the interview, 
Corey had said, yeah, so, you know, this is this is fine, you know. And so Bill Ryan was like, look, here's the, this is the guy. Th- this is the guy's story, okay? And people came out and it was like, what? You know, like people couldn't believe it. It's like, no, look at the evidence. You know, and even today, people, they don't believe that Corey Good had done all this investigative work and then taken those stories unto himself. I mean, we look at science fiction, Ender's Game, the the infamous science fiction novel, now a movie, Ender's Game. It's like a little kid goes into a secret space program, does all kinds of things in the galaxy and every, I mean, it just repeats itself. It's remarkable. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So uh, maybe who is Jordan Sather and what's the, what's his story? You know, I saw him, he was on, um, a podcast. It was, uh, Greg Carlwood's podcast within the last month. So I listened to that. I haven't really followed him, but what's your opinion or do you have any thoughts about, uh, Jordan Sather? I do. Jordan Sather came onto the scene as, uh, as part of the Gaia uh, crew. Oh. So he was part of. Can you believe that? No, He's, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, no he doesn't. He, you know, he doesn't talk about it during some crowds. Now he talks about government conspiracies, and he's kind of a headline chaser. He's kind of, I guess, lining himself up to be the new Alex Jones, if you will. Um, yeah, well, and I wonder smart, if there's smart, any financial smart positioning, right? Follow it the is headlines. Get, get get followers. Yeah. That's right. A lot of lot of stress, though. You know, for somebody that's really all about love and light and enlightenment, right. that is a lot of stress to expose oneself to. But Jordan Sather was part of the uh, Corey's kids. He was part of the young people that were being put out when Cosmic Disclosure with David Wilcock and Corey Good came out first. He, he was no one of the guys idea. who was, oh yeah, let's yeah. interview Corey. And him and his girlfriend were there, and yeah. they were interviewing William Tompkins, who was this ninety-something-year-old secret space program whistleblower. And they were hanging out with Michael Sala, who's a—I don't even know what he is. He's a doctor of something now, but he—he he does. It's like this whole thing is all interconnected, and each one of the individuals in the this guy. Uh, thing this movement they all have these little tentacles going out almost like a spider and each one of them has their little pockets of influence and i'm looking at this and i'm saying nobody's asking questions (laughs) that's so crazy nobody asked him i don't remember during that interview he had with carlwood that Mm -hmm. uh there was a higher side chats that he you know tell us your background are you from guy what's your guy story yeah yeah but now they're they're and this is another element of Wilcock is both he and this guy say they're covering Q, you know. So that's right. Like that's uh, the smart move to kind of, you know, get some. And that, that's a whole other story in itself. But you know. Oh my gosh! Are, yeah. For sure, yeah, and and the Q, and the QAnon thing with Jordan Sather covering that, he's actually gotten um, some, I guess you could say, some static from people who really have noticed that. He is taking a very Illuminati stance, or, or uh, for folks that don't know the Illuminati, there's a theory in conspiracy theory um, communities where there's a, a group, a secret group of world leaders that conspire together to create events. And so one thing that Jordan Sather has been doing recently is saying, oh, well, you know, this, this false flag, if it's a false flag, is actually a good thing. You know, and, Interesting. And, and that oh. was brought up by C.W. Chanter on his stream. And, and so I, I produced the video with the help of other content creators, um, including Unirock. Um, and the, the video was called uh, Jordan Sather Taken to the Woodshed. Oh, I'll have <laughs> to check that out. 
Well, yeah, I don't it's, trust. It's pretty yeah, wild. I don't trust anybody who has a, a drawing board in their background where they write things because it's a it's an infantilizing symbol that takes you back to grade school, and it's something that uh, there's another guy I can't even remember his name. But the, the, when people do that, I just go, "Whoa, you know, don't don't make me watch that." Exactly. Like so, talk. Just yeah. just tell us what you have yeah. to say. Exactly. You know. And and so the thing with uh Jordan Sather is that he has some followers that are fairly rabid. And anybody that ends up criticizing Jordan Sather, even on just the merits of his own words from clips from his broadcast, um, I'll tell you they they will troll you harder than than any bridge you could possibly find in Iceland. Wow, that's remarkable. Yeah. So he has a rabid follower, which is t- very telling. Some of those very rabid followers, a lot of them are paid. I mean, they're they're actually uh, fake, you know, trollers. It's, uh, the guy who I'm talking about, Glenn Beck, also makes people walk over to his his chalkboard when he's writing stuff down. Oh, that's so, right, yeah, so Beck. So that just, uh, you know, I'm like, nope, don't do that. Exactly. Uh, we don't need to establish this this kind of um, teacher student role. No. Never. You know, let's have a conversation. Yeah, let's have, you know, yeah. I agree. Well, we're so. coming down here to the end, Joe, from the Carolinas. Is there anything you'd like to cover or anything we missed? I think we've hit all the major points. The one thing, you know, to just, I guess, close on is that just because somebody's calling the questions and doing the actual hardcore research, um, like, you know, William or myself. And I, and again, William, thank you so much for inviting me on your broadcast. Thank you. Thank you, you know, it does it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that we don't, we dislike people. It doesn't mean that we're trying to run these people down or insult them. And it's okay to ask questions because after all, when we were kids, when we were in our terrible twos, what did we do? Why? What? Why? How? It's when we, yeah, like when we stop asking the foundational questions, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Who's in control of our thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. and then this phenomenon is is very uh, unusual. It doesn't. Have, it's not fact based, so it, it right. requires extra doses of questioning to try to figure out what these people are doing, what's their incentive, where are they going? You know, it's uh, really something else. It's wild, man. It's wild. Joe from the Carolinas, tell people where they can find your uh, YouTube channel, which I highly recommend. Joe's really smart and uh, really good uh, analyzing a lot of these things. So I highly recommend people go check that out. Go subscribe to Joe from the Carolinas. Yep, Joe from the Carolinas, YouTube.com. I've got Twitter, at Joe from Carolina. And then I've got the uh, little bit of a podcast over at Spreaker.com. Joe from the Carolinas over there. Best way to stay in touch with me and my content, though, is by subscribing uh, and you know making sure you click that notification bell right here on YouTube, Joe from the Carolinas. Yeah, he's got a great repository of a lot of the information that we talked in. You can learn even more in greater depth. So Joe from the Carolinas, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, William. You have a good night. You